Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. This morning, Brother Tyson, about last month, Sister Amanda talked about a lady that came in her office, Brother Wayne, and uh, she was a financial advisor, she told Sister Amanda. But uh, Brother Boyd, as Sister Amanda went on to tell the story, um, this young lady had hawked everything she had, spent all the money she had, Brother Jerry. The collectors was coming, and she wanted to know if Sister Amanda could bail her out of that situation, Sister Susan. That's really stuck with me. Uh, Brother Jack, I thought about how many people maybe went to bed and, and trusted this lady with their money and their financials and never thought one time, Sister Jen, to go back and check and see how that money's progressing. They just had that much faith because she was a financial advisor. I don't know about y'all, church, but that kind of scares me. I mean, if I had money, that would really scare me, amen? <laughs> but anyway... Um, you know, it's, it's a crazy thing when people hang a title to their name, Brother Polk, and say they're this and they're that. So automatically we put faith and trust in them, Brother Bobby, that she's going to take care of our money. And when you get behind the scenes, Brother Jerry, she couldn't take care of her own money. What are you saying, Brother Wayne? Fruits of repentance. I, I thought about how that when we say that we're a child of the king, Brother Brian, we're putting quite a huge sign on ourselves. Amen. Because really, Brother Chris, we really want people to follow us. Ain't that what Paul said? Follow me as long as I follow Christ. I thought about how that uh, in Romans 13 and 14, it says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. When I think about that putting on, Brother Rayleigh, I think about putting your, one leg in a jumpsuit and another leg in another jumpsuit and another one through an armhole and another arm, Brother Darrell, through another armhole and maybe taking a zipper and just zipping that thing all the way up, Brother Brian. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and not make provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. So every day that we roll out of our bed, Sister Amy, we're putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? People's watching our life. People's trusting. And when you're saying, Brother Jerry, when you're telling people that you love God, they're expecting to see something. Amen? They're expecting, and I know we're not no fruit inspectors. I mean, we don't have to be a veterinarian to understand what a duck looks like and what a horse looks like. And you don't have to be a produce specialist to know what an apple looks like and what a pineapple looks like and what a sweet potato looks like. So when we tell people that we have put on, that the Bible says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. The Bible said in Galatians, it said the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith, meekness and temperance, which is self-control, Sister Smith. 
I wonder how many times, Brother Gibson, when I get up and put on my jumpsuit, I have all those fruit, all those workings of the fruit of the Spirit in my life. Because there's days, some days, that I don't always have that long-suffering. And the wife will start smiling and saying amen here in just a few moments. Amen. Y'all don't have to follow her lead. That'd be all right. But that's really what being a Christian, Mr. Bird, is what it's all really about. Is those nine fruits of the Spirit. See, it's easy to love those that love you, and it's easy to have joy with those that you're joyful around and have peace, but those folks that just kind of rub you. You ever run across people that just kind of rub you sometimes, Sister Joan? And we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. I ain't sure. I mean, I know the word's forever settled in heaven, but if God didn't say some of these scriptures, I just, wouldn't, I just couldn't follow along with it. But I want to read this in 1 Corinthians 6 and 9 through 11. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He said, Be not deceived, neither fornicator nor idolaters or adulterers, nor infeminate or abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor, I can't read my own writing, I'm sorry about that, to the, shall inherit the kingdom of God. But verse 11 says, And such were some of you. But the church says, But ye are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord and by the Spirit of our God. See, Brother Tim, we was that at one time, but we're not that no more, amen? This lady said, I'm a financial advisor, but obviously she couldn't take care of her own finances, Brother Kenny. What I'm trying to tell you is if we tell folks that we're a child of the living God, they ought to be able to look at our tree. They ought to understand that this tree of God, Brother Tom, is putting forth fruit worthy of repentance, amen? Can I, can I tell you that it's easy sometimes to forget about where God brought us from? But I'm thankful that I have been washed and I've been sanctified and I've been justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. I thought about how the, the Lord said in Matthew 5, 43 and 48, it says, Ye have heard that it had been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto ye, Love your enemies and bless them that curse you. Only God would come up with that. Somebody would say amen. That was a good spot to say Amen. Or maybe y'all just don't fight y'all's flesh like I fight my flesh. I can love Brother Jerry. That ain't no problem. He's easy to love. I like him. But I have run across folks that ain't so easy to love. I have. My boss is an elected official. We had a lady that used to work with us. He fired her. And um, every election year, she comes by and she says, she never speaks to me, but she says, during election year, she said, have you found a new job yet? What makes you think we're going to lose? She said, well, you're going to lose this year. So, you know, I just, I, my flesh just wants to crawl back out and say, let's have a party. But then I think about where that love and that joy and that peace and that long sufferance and that temperance, but that last one, that self-control. So after the election, Sister Amy, this lady comes in and the devil says, go get her. Go ask her how she's doing and rub up next to her and say, I'm still here. Maybe y'all don't fight that thing, but, but see, my tree don't always have those nine fruits. 
But Sister Lana, sometimes my old flesh rises up, and I want to hunt. Every time that lady comes in, I just want to go up there and help her, Brother Boyd. I don't mind to tell you. I really do. But Brother Toby, I know that the God inside of me says that I can't do that, that I must decrease and he must increase. See, repentance ain't always about uh, just telling on somebody else. A lot of times in my life, it's just telling on me. The neighbor's going to take care of the neighbor if Wayne will just listen to God. But only God would say, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that spitefully use you and persecute you. I got that. I don't want you to raise your hands, but I, I don't know how many of you folks passed that test. Because I've come to the conclusion, Brother Donnie, if I don't like to be around Brother Donnie, I just sit on that side of the church. He go out that door, I can go out that door, that door, we'll be fine. I worship Jesus, on, but that ain't what he's talking about. That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and in the unjust. For if we love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect. Even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. Now the Lord really wanted us to get this one so much that, that he put it in the Proverbs and he put it in the New Testament. So I want to read it to you in Romans. But Proverbs 25, 21, 22. Just wrap your mind around this. He said, if thy enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap hot coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. So he knew Wayne was coming along. He said, I better put this in the New Testament so he can catch up in, the, in Romans 12 and 20 and 21. It must be important. He says, Therefore, if thy enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap hot coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. Why would I want to give Brother Gibson some food or some clothes or help him out if he's my enemy? Because that's what God said to do. Brother Gibson, only God would say that. <laughs> only God would say, pray for those that despitefully use you. Only God would say that because in your flesh, it don't want to do that. You have to understand that, 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 that we are an example. We are that example. And I, I thought about how that in John 13, 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Well, brother boy, this next scripture is what really messes me up, Brother David. It says, By this, by this, by this, not because I have long sleeves, not because I keep my hair at a, a nice distance or, or I give in the offering plate or I help this one and I help that one, Sister Susan, but by this. See, I can put on a show while I'm here at church. I can do that, Sister Edith. But when that lady comes in the office, it y'all don't see me. No flesh says, go talk to her. Please, please, Brother Danny, let me go talk to her. But you see, by this, 
that fruit of repentance. When you get to a place to where, as John said, God, I want more of you. I want more you he said by this not that they know you you're my disciples because you shout or you speak in tongues or you run the aisles because you have love one for another it's easy to to love you folks because y'all been really kind to us i told brother danny the other day last month we'd been here a year he said it only seemed like a few days i said well that's a nice compliment i th- was, you know i uh, glad we didn't get an eviction notice amen but <laughs> but, but, but anyway, because you've made it so nice and it's been so wonderful and it's such great word preached here and, and y'all been so, the music and the worship's outstanding. Last Sunday just blew the roof off. I'm thankful. But Brother Darrell, I can't take y'all with me when I go to work. When I go to Walmart, when I'm in a restaurant and a waitress has been mean to me and I say, honey, don't give her, leave her no tip. Let's just go. Okay, I really didn't say that. I'm just saying. That's horrible, church. But, but I know people that's done that and called themselves Christian, called themselves Christ-like. Brother Billy, where is that fruit of repentance at? Where is it that we've let this old man die? By this shall all men know when you suffer the wrong. In 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, it says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. I thought about how the, we all know the story about the man called Legion in Mark chapter 5, verse 1 through 6. And I won't, I won't get into all this real quickly, but let me just skim down to 15 and 20. And it said, And they came to Jesus, and to see him that was possessed with the devil, and had the legion sitting and clothed, in his right mind. I'm thankful. I serve a God that if, if you'll get at the feet of Jesus, and you won't worry about what this one said and what that one said and what this one goes, all you need, you know, somebody told, has, has told us in the past that they, one of my best buddies said, you know, if I ever had a daughter, said she couldn't go to the church that you go to. I said, well, why is that? We're buddies. He said, because all your women wear dresses. So well, we don't make nobody wear dresses. We just ask you to seek God for yourself. Let your daughter seek God and let you and me, let us seek God. Let God lead us and guide us into all truth. That's what he said the Holy Ghost would do, would lead and guide you into all truth. But see, so many people put so much weight on those kind of things, Brother Boyd, and they don't even want to give God a chance. Oh, me and Brother Gibson were just talking about how beautiful heaven must going to be, church. Can you imagine, Brother Gerald, I can't wrap my mind or um, whatever the Lord's asked me to give up, that I wouldn't give that up. Maybe that would cost me from going to heaven. I could be mad at Brother Boyd and wouldn't go hug his neck and shake his hand. That might keep me from going to heaven. We're talking about the fruit of repentance, church. It said that the man called Legion was, was, was sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothing in his right mind, and they that saw it told them how it befell him that was possessed with the devil and was also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to part out of their coast. And, and when he was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Think about that. 
This new age we got, people come in, get a little taste of the Holy Ghost, and they just leave. Think about how many folks maybe in the, the time that we've just been here, Brother Chris, that I can think in my mind that's came, no longer come. I can't count to many times, Brother Michael, that the people in Chiefland at Mount Zion, while we was there for over 20 years, that come through those gates and left to those same gates. It says, how be it, Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, go home to thy friends and tell, how, tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the Apocalypse how great things Jesus had done for him, and all men did marvel. I, I thought about how the, some folks maybe this day would have took this man called Legion, Brother Rayleigh, and put him on a poster and said, look what I done. But God being God said, you can't hang out with me. You go back. You go back, Brother Jerry, and you tell somebody. Because can I tell you, when this man walked back into town, they knew something. They couldn't call him Legion no more. He didn't have 6,000 demons no more. He was clothed and in his right mind. They had to, I don't know what his name was, but they had to call him something else. Aren't you glad that people can't call you? You might have been the town drunk or you might have been an abuser or you might have been a stealer or you just might have been a backbiter. But Sister Jane, they can't call us that no more because we've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're that old, that old man has passed away and because behold, we have become old, things become new. I heard a preacher say this. I won't take credit for this. He said, Jesus told those folks when he healed them, said, go and tell nobody. And they went out and published it all over. How could you be a man called Legion? Says, says, amen, not go tell somebody. I wonder when he walked by the graveyard, did he ever have flashbacks? Don't you know when he looked at his arm and seen all those scars? And don't you think he just was this, he had to be shouting, cutting a rug. But ever, he had to be ever so thankful. Because see, what, the, what man could do for him was put him in feathers and put him in a graveyard. They couldn't handle this man called Legion. But the Bible said that when Jesus come out and stepped out on the Gadarene, said he come to him and fell down at him. And he worshiped him. Can I tell you, if we'll fall at the feet of Jesus and worship, the preacher said the other day, said there's two times when you worship God. When you feel like it, when you don't feel like it. Amen. I worshiped God when I didn't feel him in 500 acres. And then Sunday morning, I felt him all over me. But he's the same God as then when I was just despondent and walking around with my lip dragging the ground, picking up sand. I'm thankful for a God like that. And he tells us, Brother Jerry, to go out and tell everybody. Spread the gospel and we won't tell nobody. Think about that. There ain't a person sitting in this house this morning that God ain't done something miraculously for you. I don't know about y'all, but I sit around my house many a time, Brother Danny, and think about how great God's been to me and my wife and my two kids. When we left Chiefland, I never never thought that we'd be here with you such wonderful, wonderful folks worshiping God, that God would allow us to be part of what's going on up there in Madison with Brother Everett and Sister Cricket. But I'm glad to be a part of that, Brother Boy. I'm thankful that y'all welcomed us in with open arms. We've seen the fruit of y'all's spirit. Oh, God, I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad that I'm not the old man. I'm not who I should be, but I'm not what I used to be. Amen? 
all actions have consequences, including obedience or disobedience to God's word. Galatians 6 and 7 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Very quickly, I want to tell you about two folks. A man called Cornelius, and we all know the story, and a man called King Agrippa. He uttered some words that ever haunt. Cornelius, it says in Acts 10, 1 through 5, said there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. And he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius, and we looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers, thy alms are come up for a memorial before God, and now send to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. And we all know the story. So I want to jump down to verse 30 of Acts 10, and it says, And Cornelius, speaking to Peter, said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house. And behold, a man stood before me in bright clothing and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thy alms are had in a remembrance in the sight of God. He said, Send therefore to Joppa and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon the tanner by the sea. Side, who, when he cometh, shall speak unto thee. And this is where I wanted in verse 33. He said, immediately. Immediately. What gets a lot of folks in trouble when they first come to the Lord, Sister Jean, is they don't react immediately. When the water is troubled, don't be like the man that said, I have no man to help me get in the water, Lord. I'm looking around. There ain't nobody here to help me. Don't listen to that voice in your mind saying, oh, you're not a bad person. You're a good person. Cornelius said, immediately, therefore I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. He said, now therefore are we all here present before God to hear all the things that are commanded thee of God. The Bible goes on to say, Brother Tom, that he said, had his friends and his family there to hear the word of God. If you read on toward the end of that thing, Sister Amanda, it said that they was all filled with the Holy Ghost and they was all baptized. Because one man, Brother Tyson, reacted to the word of God immediately. When that water is troubled and there's something happening in your life and you need a healing, you need to get in the water. It don't matter to me share and laugh about y'all going all the way to Madison. You'll never know it. Somebody say amen. Because if you got something going on in your life and you need God to touch you, you need to block everything out and get your mind on God. You understand that it's you and God, church. I just love that word that he said. I've I preached to people, Brother Hal, that you see God dealing with their heart, and they just hold on to the back of that pew. God was dealing with them. They refused to react immediately. And I hate to tell you this, but they're not serving God today. Who knows how long that window will stay open, Sister Carolyn. Moving quickly to Acts 26, 1 through 3, and Paul's giving his testimony to King Agrippa, and it says, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. 
Then Paul stretched forth the hand and answered for himself. He said, have you ever been in a place that you had to think yourself happy? Brother Bob, have you ever been around a bunch of those heathens? Maybe, uh, maybe you don't work with heathens where you work, but have you ever been around those folks and they just acting crazy and you just had to think yourself happy? I have been. I want all the ladies to put their hands over the ear. I work with a bunch of ladies, and I've heard some of the most vulgar stuff come out of ladies' mouth. Now, I don't want y'all to understand. It still gets in this old ear, and I'm asking God to stop it right there. Brother Rayleigh, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying? He said, I think myself happy. There's going to come a time you're going to need to think yourself happy. David said it in zigzag. He had to encourage himself. There's going to be time, Sister Boyd, that we're going to have to think ourselves happy and we're going to have to encourage ourselves. He said, because I shall answer for myself this day. I heard Brother Boyd say this one time, and I so appreciate it. Never tell people what the preacher says about the Bible. Well, my preacher says this and my preacher says that. That's what my church said. No, 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 no. Tell them what thus saith the Lord say. Take them to the word. They came back. The word don't back up from nobody or nothing. It don't matter what Brother Gibson preached across the pulpit Sunday morning. What does thus saith the word say? He said, eat the whole book. Get that word down on the inside. He said, before thee touching all things whereof I am accused of the Jews, he said, but especially because I know thee to be an expert in all customs and questions which are among the Jews, he says, wherefore I beseech thee to hear me patiently. And we all know that he went on to tell him about that day on that Damascus Road, on that street called, uh, not Damascus Road, but on the street called Straight, to where he met the Lord. Acts 26, 24 through 29. It says, and thus spake he for himself, fit, and, and thus, I'm sorry, and, and as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art beside thyself, much learning, doeth make thee mad. I heard a preacher say one time, that don't apply too much to us this day and age. Much learning do make thee mad. I'll just skip on over that. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. And this is where it sticks right here, Brother Brian. He said, for the king knoweth of these things before whom I also speak freely, for I am persuaded. Brother Kevin, that none of these things are hid from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. Amen? People ought to know what we believe, Sister Melinda. We shouldn't have to stand on the corner. I'm not opposed to it, but we should have to stand on the corner and hold a sign and say, Wayne believes in Jesus. When you deal with Wayne in the first five or ten minutes, you ought to know what Brother Wayne believes. Is that right? Heard a man come in, he come into the office one time. He was just giving the girls at the front desk a very hard time, Brother Billy, a very hard time. Next thing you know, he drifted on about how hard, how sorry the county commissioners was and how somebody at the restaurant mistreated him. I had about all that I could stand, so I walked up and he said, Oh, hey, Brother Wayne, how you doing? How's church going? Really? All these people, you just carrying on like this in front of all these people. Now you want to talk about Jesus? Yeah. I, I, maybe. I, I just think they probably took all that and threw it right on in the garbage. But Donnie, they just walked right on past that. How's church going? Because you're justified. 
He said, For the king knoweth of these things, before whom I also speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in a corner. He said, King Agrippa, believest thou the prophets? I know thou believest. And this is where it sticks right here, Sister Tammy. He said, Then Agrippa said unto Paul, 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 almost. Oh, that breaks my heart. Almost. Brother Chris, I'm convinced if King Agrippa didn't make it right, he's going to wish he had that almost back. Ain't, I'm sure we've all had family and friends. that I've got friends of mine, cousins of mine, that I see them today that they ain't serving God. And I think about they was almost, Brother Gizem, Brother Gizem, they was almost there. How many people? And can I tell you, as, as a minister and as a child of the king, those are some terrible, terrible, hurting words. Because there's a little bit of time that I spent at Chiefham. Brother Larry, uh, a minister there as a pastor, to think, Brother Jay, God has placed people in my hand, and I just seen them slip out. Just seemed like I just couldn't reach them, Sister Angela. No matter how you, you preach it hard or preach it soft, you love on them, kiss on them. Almost. It was like, that's what Paul said. King Agrippa, I know you know what I'm talking about. I'm glad I get a chance to talk to you because you understand we talk on the same language here, Sister Donna. He said, Almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And Paul said, I would to God that not only thou, but also all they that hear me this day. But almost and altogether such as I am, except these bonds. So when we refer to the fruit of repentance, we are identifying the outward visible impact of a changed heart. And I've got to hurry. In Luke 8, 1 through 12, it talks about a lady called Mary Magdalene. And we all know the story. It said in verse 2 of chapter 8, said a certain woman which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. In John 20, verse 1 through 2, 1 through 2 says, The first day of the week, talking about the resurrection, after the resurrection, said the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher to see the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciples whom Jesus loved and saith unto them, they have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher and we know not where they laid him. I've often thought about that, that she was the first one there. His disciples were scattered somewhere else. Mary Magdalene had a, God had cast out demons and healed her body. Church, the question is, what would a man give in exchange for his soul? Mary said, I'm so indebted to this man called Jesus. I just got to go see. I just got to go see. And if you'll read the story, it says, she asked him, said, what have you done with him? Because when she went back and talked to those disciples, they thought she was crazy. His own, his own people said, what are you talking about? But she was so broken. She was so broken. She just had to go see. The Bible said that she went early while it was still dark. She just had to go see. John 20, verse 10 through 16 says, Then the disciples went away unto their own home. That wasn't good enough for Mary. Such a boy, she couldn't leave. She had to have some resolve. 
said, and Mary stood without at the sepulcher, weeping as she wept. She stooped down and looked into the sepulcher and seeth two angels in white sitting, the one on one hand, the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had, she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew it not that it was Jesus. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She supposing him to be a gardener. Let me stop here real quickly. Have you ever been in such a despondent place? God has spoke to you and you didn't know it was God speaking. I think about, and Brother Boyd can correct me on this, I think Samson said when he rose and shook himself, wist not that the Spirit of God had left him. Sister Mary, let me never get that place in God. I appreciate a God that would stir me up, that would shake me and say, Wayne, you need to come up a little higher. I'm so thankful that I've got a God that will visit me through his word and through his song and through testimony, through worship. And Brother Everett, he'll say, Wayne, you can do better. I don't want to be like Samson and shake myself and say, I'm going to go back and raise my hands and run around the church and worship like I used to and not feel the Spirit of God. Mary Magdalene said, I don't care that it's dark outside. I don't care nobody's going to go with me. I got to go. I got to know, I, I got to know she's supposing him to be the gardener. Sir, if thou had borne him, hence tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. Oh, but when God speaks, Sister Sherry, huh? Just calls you by your name. She said, oh, Rabboni. Huh? That's that master. That's Jesus. That's the man that delivered me from those devils and my infirmities. Amen. This is the man that I was. When you read the four gospels, Sister Osborne, she was at every every chapter of that crucifixion. They mention her at that crucifixion every time. I'm thankful for those folks that God's delivered and God's helped, Sister Amy. They ain't forgot about that. They still ain't too proud to raise their hands. Amen. They're not too proud to say thank you, Jesus. Not too proud to tell somebody about Jesus. She knew when he spoke her name who he was. Real quickly, I just want to read this. I'm not telling you this is Mary Magdalene. I'm just, I want to read this. This scripture applies to Wayne Williams. Luke 7, 37 through 50, and it says, Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him weeping, began to wash his feet with tears and did wipe them with the hairs of her head and kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known in what manner woman this is that touched him, for she is a sinner. I'm glad God don't run for sinners, Sister Debbie. I feel like Paul. I was chief of sinners. Amen. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee. And I just love this. Sounds like old Wayne here. Oh, say on. He, you know, he just felt, Brother Rayleigh, that God had a word for him. And God did have a word for him. It wasn't a word he wanted to get, though, but it was a word for him. He just thought maybe God was just going to bless him. And God said, Simon, there was a certain creditor which had two debtors, one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, which of them will love him? Simeon said, answered and said, I suppose 
Moses that he to whom he forgave most, and he said unto him, Thy hast rightly judged. As he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. I often think about where God brought me from, Brother Boyd, what God's done for me. I'm, I'm I like this woman here. I was just an old senior boy. God didn't give me just one more chance or just another chance. Sister Tammy, another chance. Don't tell how many times God just gave me another chance after another chance. I'm like Paul now as he was talking to King Agrippa. I was not disobedient concerning that heavenly vision. He spoke to me that, that day. I want to close on this. In the first century, apostles and prophets placed the expectation of change within their message of salvation. Brother Arnold said, expectation is a birthplace for the miraculous. And I know we all heard about the lame man, so this is what I want to tell you. In Acts 3, 1 through 2, I'll read all of it. And it says, now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. Just called him a certain man, Brother Darrell. Didn't even call him a name. Just called him a certain man, lame, the lame man, from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asking alms, and Peter fastened his eyes upon him with John and said, Look on us. And I love this part. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to reach something of them. Sister Joyce, I wonder how many times while we're at home putting on our clothes and putting on our shoes, getting ready to come to church, that we come with expectation of receiving something when we get to the house of God. Are we more excited, Brother Tom, about getting to the restaurant and talking and doing what we got to do? Are we more excited about coming to the house and being excited about... Because church, singing is great, worshiping is great, but it's the Word of God that breaks the yoke. See, the, I just need a few more minutes. Brother Wayne, the hard part is getting saved. Amen? So, Danielle, that's the easy part. You just got to give up. Just got to say, God, take me all. You just have all of it. That's the easy part. The hard part is the next day when you put your shoes back in your feet and you walk those same miles that you walked as an old sinner person because people's looking for evidence that change has happened in your life. Said he was expecting something. Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I give as I have, I give thee, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, by the right hand, and lifted him up. And the Bible says immediately, that's what Cornelius said, immediately, his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. If I could get you to stand, I'm closing. Real quickly, I want to tell you a real quick story, and I'm through. Sharon had left for a few days. She wasn't mad. She just needed a break from her husband. 
If you lived with her husband, you'd need a break from him too. Anyway. I'm sorry. Anyway, we, um, Tuesday, it was a Tuesday evening. She got home. Brother Tyson and heard a, a meow. Now, understand this. Sharon was a wonderful mother and a wonderful wife. We have two daughters, and, and um, I've tried to get her to get other children since our children are grown, and that motherhood just left. It's gone. It's over with. She don't want no more kids. So if you have some, Wayne will take care of them. Sharon don't want no part of them. But anyway, we have a few dogs and a few cats, and she said when they're gone, that's it, or I'm gone. Figure it out, big boy, figure it out. True story. This is, you, this is a true story. So we come home from a Wednesday night service, Brother Jerry. And I hear a meow. I said, God, get her in the house before she hears the meow. <laughs> Brother Kevin, God didn't get her in the house before she heard a meow. There was a kitten that rode back from Daytona on her, in her vehicle somehow at the house. Just a little old thing. Brother Wayne's so excited. He's got another animal. Sister, not so much. So I've solved this problem pretty quick, Brother Toby. I said, I got no part of this. You, want, you don't want a kitten? That's fine. You take her to the animal shelter. I, I ain't got no part of that. By the grace of God, it's still at the house. Okay, she didn't see that. Here's where I'm going with this. Brother Danny, that kitten runs and jumps and sh- just has a good time. We got an old cat there. It's 15 years old. She'll roll him and bite him and pick at him, and he just moans and groans and don't want no part of it. He despises me and his mama and her too. My point is this, Brother Billy. The enthusiasm that young kitten had, that old cat used to have. But he's old now. And Brother Danny, I'm not calling you old. But here's what I'm telling you is, the enthusiasm is still inside of us, church. We can be like that kitten, and every time we come to church, it can be like a new experience in God. While God's spirit's moving, and while that water's troubled, we can be like that young kitten, Brother Tyson, and just run and jump. She ain't scared of nothing. It just, she just wants to get at something. So can I challenge you this morning that if you have a need, as Brother Chris comes, and we sing and worship God, that we'll just turn ourselves loose and This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.